in a realm known as Kumandra, a reimagined Earth inhabited by an ancient civilization, a warrior named Raya is determined to find the last dragon. This is Raya and the Last Dragon, finally, and this is episode 59 of Disney One by One. You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hey, everyone. You're, you're not, this is not a figment of your imagination. Uh, this is Mike Rolfing in your podcast feed. It's been a long time. And it's also been a long time since uh, the last couple Disney animated features came out in theaters. But we're here. We're here, and you're hearing Disney one by one. We're planning on recording these back to back. So you should have Raya this week and Encanto next week, your fix of Disney one by one. And then we'll wait for the next movie, which has been announced, and I forget the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Anyway, but there's one big change. My brother, David Rolfing, who's been the co-host through 58 episodes plus, has decided to retire from his podcast life and uh, just didn't really feel like watching these movies. But we have the best replacement. You heard him in... Pinocchio, Saludos Amigos, Alice in Wonderland, The Black Cauldron, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog, our goodbye episode, and our We're Back episode, which was the most <laughs> recent episode in November 24th, 2020, which was the original release date of Ryan the Last Dragon, or maybe the day before. Chris Lair, welcome back to Disney One by One. Oh my gosh, Mike, it's good to be back. I, I miss David, but you know, it's it's just good to be here. So I guess you're the official new co-host. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe it. My dreams are coming true. <laughs> <laughs> but but the dream of going through Pixar, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm still pushing it, man. <laughs> it's a lot of movies now. So? It's, it's like 25. <laughs> that's guaranteed content, man. It's like half of... I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. It is. <laughs> we had a lot of requests for it. What about Disney sequels? Is that ever going to happen? I don't, I don't know if we want to go through that torture. We do. Man, that would be that would be a big hit. I think just Disney direct to VHS. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Anyway, before good. we introduce our guest today, because Chris is no longer a guest, Chris is now a co-host. Chris, anything exciting going on your on your life? I know there's been some big changes. Well, in these past two years, a lot has changed. Last year, last November, my wife and I adopted a daughter, so that's been that's been huge in our lives. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of crazy because we started the adoption journey a year before that in uh, the end of November twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So then by the next November, we ended up adopting, which is incredibly fast in the adoption world. So uh, we were really blessed about that and really excited about it. And it was crazy because we were match ready by July and we're like, okay, now we've been told it's going to take another two to five years before we actually place. Wow. Yeah. And then, man, it was, I think we got about roughly a week to two weeks heads up before Rosie was born. And we, we were blessed enough to actually be there when she was born too. So it was just a, a whirlwind experience, but, but she's n- almost nine months now. So we're right. loving it. Congrats. It's very Thank exciting. you. Um, I think when we last recorded, it was right after I had my second child. So it's like every episode, there's new children appearing. <laughs> yeah. So at, th- at this pace. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and you, Mike, you've been traveling all over the place. You just got back from Iceland? Yeah, let's save that. Let's save that for next episode. Oh, okay. Because we got to talk. We got to talk about a different trip. Oh. Okay. And I'm going to bring in our guest here. So I've probably mentioned at some point I work at a school now, uh, doing marketing communications. And one of the one of the best parts of that job is getting to interact with the students, the high school students there, and getting them involved in projects. One of those students who graduated a year ago now. Yes. Yep. That's right. Is Logan Mann. He is our guest today. He is a film student. Uh, going to Biola in California, Southern California. And he's also a very talented illustrator and uh, just overall film nerd like me. So I thought I'd invite him on to talk about Ryan the Last Dragon. Logan, welcome to Disney One by One. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I absolutely love just about everything you do. And so it's very (laughs) nice to be in a place that celebrates both the arts of illustration and filmmaking. It's been a little while since we've had a new guest on the show, but we have a couple of traditions. First off, Logan, tell me about your Disney history. How has Disney influenced your life or not? So for my Disney history, I grew up like most kids in the early 2000s. Uh, My mom says I was obsessed with Brother Bear. I know it's technically Disney Pixar, but I was a Cars junkie. 
I grew up, you know, with Treasure Planet, and so I did, like, Legos for, like, his rocket skateboard. But uh, kind of outside of childhood, the biggest Disney thing is I actually worked for a company called St. Louis Princess Parties, which does Disney characters (laughs) for children's birthday parties. And so I've seen the pictures. Yes, I I am Flynn Rider as well as Spider Man. (laughs) They they have some pretty good costumes they provided for you. The my Flynn Rider costume was completely handmade uh, and was incredible. And then my Spider Man costume was completely like my measurements. The suit from Far From Home, like really really nice. It, yeah, it was really, really fun to be Spider-Man and Flynn Rider. <laughs> okay, so our, our other tradition with our new guests is to learn what their top five favorite Disney, Walt Disney Animation Studios films are, the, the movies from the list of this show. So totally. why don't you start with number five? Okay. Give us a little countdown. Number five, I have Brother Bear, which, like I said, I was a Brother Bear fanatic as a little kid. My hmm. mom says that I had it on, like, stuck in our car like our uh, minivan car you know dvd player and i would just watch it on repeat just a couple weeks ago i actually got to watch it with my little brother who had never seen it before and it was just a really really like it was probably the highlight of my summer watching brother bear (laughs) with my little brother and it blew both of us away because it's been you know the first time we've seen it in forever okay you're number four number four uh hunchback of notre dame i love hunchback I think it's got the best Disney villain ever as Frolio. I think uh, as a critique of the church, it's very, very interesting. Uh, and I also just love the vibes. There's the, the the secret jester's world that is underneath Notre Dame is super fun. So yeah, that four. is a unique one. Yes, I love Hunchback. All right, what's up next? So number three, I have Tangled. Definitely my favorite Disney princess. Definitely my favorite Disney prince, quote unquote. Uh, I love Flynn Rider. It's a little bit of bias because I got to be Flynn Rider. So, you know, there's there's that. But I just love Tangled. And it's one of those, it's one of the few 3D Disney movies that I just love everything about the style. You know, it's not trying to be real life, but in 3D, it's trying to just be, it's a little bit cartoony. It's, you know, it's got all the humor and the fun songs and the good characters. And I just love it. Yeah, that's great. It's a good one. Yeah. Number two. Number two, the original Robin Hood. I don't know what year it is, Mm. but I love Mm. the original Robin Hood. (laughs) Yes. Oodalali was my audition song for Princess Parties. Even though I can't sing, I just brought in my guitar and played (laughs) Oodalali. I absolutely love the animation and just the way it's written. It's just such a fun little world. So I love Robin Hood. It's so good. It's so good. All right. But your number one is not Robin Hood. What is your number one? It's Treasure Planet. The best movie Mm. that came out the year I was born. I just absolutely love Treasure Planet. There's something about it that's just, you know, it's just the right amount of camp. It's just Treasure Island, which I already loved as a kid. It's got like the space vibes that I've always wanted from like, you know, just throw it, throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. And everything that stuck was just so good or so funny or just so eye candy that I loved it. That's great. I think you are the first person to put Brother Bear in your top five. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, I was going to ask. Treasure Planet, I think, got a couple nods. Robin Hood always gets some mentions, um, but you're, you're missing uh, Lion King. That's that's usually up there. I was I was looking over the list in preparation for this, and I looked at Lion King. I'm like, it's great. It just wasn't a staple in our house. So that's probably the biggest one missing, though. Yeah. Obviously, everyone can have their own opinion. Yeah. And Chris was mentioning trips. When we did our We're Back episode, I think I talked about how I had planned a trip to Disneyland. That was like literally two days before the NBA shut down because of the pandemic, you know, yep. like, like uh, every, yeah. like when the big thing started happening, it was like right when my Disney trip was supposed to happen. And so I canceled it and then I rescheduled it for the summer and we canceled it again, rescheduled it for like that November Thanksgiving and canceled it again. So finally, things are calming down a little bit. I decided last December to take a little trip to California, visited my cousin who lives out there, saw a couple other friends. And Logan was out there and we sort of, yep. it wasn't really a joke. Like every time he told me you're going to school in California, <laughs> I said, well, I'm coming out there. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah. It was a call and response style. <laughs> yes. 
And and Biola is 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the from Disneyland. It's close enough that you can look around in the cafeteria, ask where somebody is, and then a, you get the response they're at Disneyland like actually 50% of the time. Wow. Can you yes. see the fireworks from your dorm? Are you that close? Uh, my dorm faces away, <laughs> but I hear them just about every night. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. That's like a So dream. he's real close, which makes me real jealous. Yeah. But, uh, but I went out there and then our friend uh, Luke flew in from uh, Arizona as well. Yes. So One of the best roommates I've ever had, even nice. though it was for two nights. <laughs> <laughs> so we spent one whirlwind day in the parks and for those of you that aren't that familiar with disneyland they have two parks there's disneyland like the magic kingdom park which also has galaxy's edge their star wars stuff and then they have disney's california adventure which is most reminiscent of disney's hollywood studios in florida but it's also just kind of its own thing so we did both of those in a day and tried to hit the highlights logan had to leave late afternoon yes leaving early from disney i've never done that in my life (laughs) It's like heresy. <laughs> I know. It's, that's what the 8 a.m. shoots will get you, especially on a college schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we crammed in as much as we could. Uh, Logan, how was I as a tour guide? Oh, my gosh. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I learned so much about the way Disney uh, brainwashes the people in their park to get them where they want to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody knows that system more than Mike Rolfing. Yeah. I <laughs> The only way we could have done things more effectively is if Mike had a key to the secret tunnels. That's <laughs> we hit everything so perfectly. Like we speed ran Disney effectively. Are there tunnels in the Disneyland one? I thought that uh, no, was, that's a Florida thing, but I but I get, I, get the, I get the reference. Yeah, I mean, we let me find. I, I wrote down everything we did because that's just how I roll. Yeah. Starting at eight a.m., we did Space Mountain, Star Tours, Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, Rise of the Resistance. We had lunch, then we went to the other park. Heck yeah. We rode Radiator Springs Racers, Little Mermaid, and Credit Coaster. We saw that Christmas parade. We went on the new Spider-Man ride. We went on the Guardians Tower. And then you had to leave. But that be- yes. between between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m., we basically had every major attraction. I mean, we didn't do Thunder Mountain. We didn't do uh, Matterhorn. But like we hit most mm. of the big stuff, which was fun. What was your favorite thing? My favorite thing was Space Mountain. It was the very first thing we did. We were on like, I think, the second car of the day. We, yeah. we, were, we got there just as the first car left. And then they Whoa. just ushered us on. Like yeah, yeah, we weren't in front of the line. I was disappointed. Well, it was awesome for me because I had heard about Space Mountain. I saw like the Disney Channel, you know, commercials as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like I know what this is. And then you get on and you go into the completely black room with all the fake stars. And you just feel like you're in a spaceship and i yeah you know, i've always heard disneyland is an experience but i didn't expect the very first ride of my very first time at this place to be as like magical immersive and magic <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah magical as it was it was so awesome that's why you go to space mountain first that's that's oh, yeah. that's where i go and this was before i mean if you if you stay up to date with disney park stuff this was right before they implemented the new genie plus system in california so it was only standby lines which yeah. honestly is the best way to do it once they start adding fast pass and genie crap it slows down the normal line so much you got to claim all these passes and da, da, da. i mean everyone's on a level playing field it wasn't super duper crowded i mean it, it got crowded but it wasn't unreasonable and we were there early yeah and we were able to do everything everything we wanted with very minimal weights it was awesome I and then you guys left at like five or five thirty. I stayed there till probably ten o'clock that night. My <laughs> Apple Watch registered fourteen point three miles that day. That's Holy crazy. smokes! That's so. Crazy. How many steps is that? Like twenty eight thousand. Holy the, cow! The, the two parks are across a plaza from each other. This is why I love Disneyland so much because you can do so much more in a day's time and a day's work than you can in world because world mm. the parks are miles from each other you got to get on buses and trams and monorails and mm-hmm. skyliner mm. you spend you spend an hour just park hopping and in disneyland you walk and you're there in three minutes mm. and That's you can true. just hop between them and so like i went back and forth multiple times and the back of disney's california adventure to the back of the disneyland magic kingdom park is about a mile wow I mean, you can get a lot of miles in, but you can also do a lot with less walking than you would have to do in Florida. No kidding. For somebody who was on their feet all that day and then next day uh, in in, in nothing but vans, I definitely felt just about every step. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What do you think about Cars Land? Oh my gosh. I I think I mentioned this like when we were there, but because the three of us, uh, you, me and Luke, were split up, we were all on different cars. And so I was in a car with complete strangers, but we did uh, the singles line to skip we did the, the singles skip line. the main line. Yeah, ah, smart move. But 
that didn't stop me from like full force crying when I rounded the corner, saw the waterfall, and then heard McQueen and Sally's theme. made my childhood and so that particular moment uh yeah yep (laughs) (laughs) so that particular moment even though space mountain was my favorite ride that particular moment of hearing that song seeing that waterfall and just the moment of the reveal that like legitimately brought tears to my eyes as sappy and goofy as it sounds i was like actually crying that's really cool man yeah that is is that's cool i mean Rise of the Resistance is probably the greatest theme park ride ever built. What? Just like, like, like logistically, the number of things you do in the room and the number of steps to it and all those things. But right, Radiator right. Springs Racers is like barely it's so below. good. That those really? two rides are unbelievable. And when you're in D- when you're in Disneyland, you can do both of them within like ten minutes of each other if you really want. Yep. To. That's true. Yeah. Maybe 15 because they're about a mile apart. But yeah, I, the Cars Land there. I've talked about it on this show before. Is that land, I think, I think is better than Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars. Uh, I would Edge. totally agree. I mean, Galaxy's Edge is awesome. Yeah. But it's not recognizable. It's a new thing. It's not something that like you, you recognize. I mean, it, you're yeah. on just this planet they made up. And it's really yeah. neat. Whereas you have to fight the feeling to go and see like Ramon's, you know, all yes. natural oils and actually see what they're selling there. Like, yeah, it's recognizable. They built a life-size version of Radiator Springs. Yeah, including that is so cool. Can- including the canyon. Yeah. And it's it's pretty neat. So I returned. Uh, sorry, Logan, any, any other highlights from that day that come to mind? I think these have been the top three. So I would say number three on that list was how poorly Luke and I flew the Millennium Falcon. Like <laughs> you fought tooth and nail to get us in the pilot seats. It was executed perfectly. Luke and I got in the pilot seats. We were so ready. It was like, God, this is every kid's dream come true. And like. The ride starts, and then like, oh, am, am I actually? And we just hit the bottom of the course like oh, immediately. No. Do they <laughs> yep. give you another shot? Well, I mean, you don't crash, crash. It does continue. Oh, yeah, uh, it's just bumps. It's like it's you know, it's, over. It's, it's like you put a game in arcade mode, and it kind of helps you along. But oh, um, okay. But it's difficult because they give the one person controls the up and down, the other person controls the left and right. So you really have to yeah. coordinate. Oh, um, that's that's tough. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. It was it was a really failing with style. You get to pull the light speed, though. Yes, that's true. Punch it, Chewie. My very first time on that ride was in February of 2021. So like still pandemic. We were in Disney World in Florida Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. masks were required everywhere. Crowd capacity was pretty low. They still had plastic dividers on like every ride, including oh. in the Millennium, including in the Millennium Falcon cockpit, which just made it really kind of ugly. But yeah, because my daughter was too small to go on it, Mallory and I just took turns ah. going by ourselves, and I had the cockpit to myself. <gasps> Whoa! They turn all the other jobs on auto because there's like you have to, you can be the pilot or the gunner or the engineer, and they yeah. all have different duties and buttons you have to press. And I think when there's no one in those seats, they just make those automatic computer wow. controlled and so i Whoa. was in the pilot seat by myself which will <laughs> never happen again did you have to just full wingspan grab both of the sticks i don't really time? remember i think they even i think i just did up and down or something i don't know oh, okay it was because of covid they weren't seating parties with other parties and i was by myself that'll never happen again unless we have another pandemic which what's hope that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome that's my claim to fame on millennium falcon smugglers run so that's so cool I do want to talk a little bit more about Disneyland. And, and for those of you listening who don't care, I will put some timestamps in the notes so you can skip that a little bit. But it's been a little while. It's been uh, like a year and a half since we've done this. So I returned the next day by myself because that's just who I am. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I brought my camera along and I shot a bunch of video, which you can see on my Instagram account at Mike Rolfing. There were two things of note that I just wanted to mention because they were some of them the best Disney moments of my life. And I've been to the parks quite a bit. I took the I, I decided that day to like hit some of the main attractions again so I could get video of them, but also like to do some things I've never done before. At Disneyland, they have the riverboat, which is the same they do at World, but they also have this pirate ship, the sailing ship Columbia that also circles the river. Yeah, oh, that's so, so I, cool. So I got on that. So cool. And then Logan, we witnessed this briefly when we were at DCA. There was that Christmas latin american christmas street parade thing yes no that was awesome the viva navidad street party you and i went on the roller coaster but luke didn't want to because his back was hurting and he kind of roamed over yeah to this and we we found him and he was watching this christmas parade thing oh it's so cool 
it was really fun. It was super energetic. All these like flamenco dancers and they brought out these giant floats and Mickey was dressed in a sombrero. It was like a Mexican Spanish themed Christmas party on the street. That's yeah, fun. It was awesome. So I returned and watched that two more times the next day. Cause Heck it was, yeah. Wow. Cause they do it like once an hour. Whoa. It was, it's just fun to see. I, I, what I love about Disney is the creativity, obviously the spectacle, but also the behind the scenes of everything kind of see where, how they're directing traffic, how they shut down the paths, where the floats go and how they stop and how they turn on their own. At the end, they shot off a bunch of confetti. And a minute later they had three guys come by with confetti vacuums and oh, suck up all that. the confetti off the, off the, yep. off the concrete. It's Man, like that's amazing. all these things. It's just so much thought is put into everything. I love it so much. But I recommend looking up the Viva Navidad Street Party I'm gonna now. at DCA because I'm sure there's videos of totally. it. Totally. And it actually made me like Feliz Navidad, which I've never said that <laughs> in my life. <laughs> And then my last Disneyland story. This may be one of the the best things I've ever witnessed at a, at a Disney theme park. Whoa. They do this thing called the Candlelight Processional. At Epcot, it's a big deal in Florida. It is basically a Christmas concert. And at Epcot, they do it every night for like all of November and December. And they huh. have a giant choir and a giant orchestra. And they have a theater built in the America Pavilion that's made to house this. It's a pretty permanent thing. They do it every year. And they have a celebrity come and narrate the show. And they'll have Whoa. someone do it for like three or four nights and they switch. It, it's everyone from like Cal Ripken Jr. baseball player to like Kathy Lee Gifford. It's just like it's like celebrities yeah. who who are at least slightly Christian because they're reading ah. Luke 2. They're reading the the, the oh wow the, the account. of That's the, awesome. That's pretty neat. And so what, what I was not aware of, despite all of my Disney knowledge, is that they this candlelight processional actually originated in Disneyland years ago. Long, long time ago. Oh, I um, mean, it kind of got transported to Epcot because they have more room for it. That makes sense. But twice a year, they do the Candlelight Processional on the train station in on Main Street Whoa. in Disneyland. They build a special stage. They set up all these seats. So the day after we were there, Logan, I, I walked in. There were all these chairs set up. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. It's going to look completely different than when we were there. And this huge stage was set up um, like on the train station and all this Christmas stuff. And so I went on my phone real quick and it's like Candlelight Processional tonight. At, That's incredible. And, and and I started looking closer and there were people already claiming spots for this at like 8 a.m. And it Whoa. wasn't it Whoa. wasn't till it wasn't till like six or seven o'clock at night. Oh, wow. Which I'm not going to do. Wow. No. <laughs> and so I thought, well, if I can if I can kind of squeeze my way in, I'll try. And so I, you know, I went throughout my day and did all of my things and I went over to DCA and then 15 minutes before the Candlelight Processional is about to start. I'm like, I should go over there and see if I can find a spot. And at that point, I mean, Main Street is just completely just shoulder to shoulder people because people come to watch this thing. It's a big deal. Yeah. And but they keep paths open for safety reasons. And but you can't stand on the path. You have to keep moving. And so I kind of like circled around a couple times. Nice. Because they kind of had this counterclockwise circle going around the train station. And then I kind of scattered out and I saw these strollers parked. And there was a little gap in front of the stroller, like on this curb, kind of elevated above the seats there. Anyway, I found this perfect spot to kind of squeeze into like four minutes before the show started. And it was the best Christmas Eve service you could ever, you could possibly have. Wow. Whoa. No kidding. They begin with a 400 person choir walking down Main Street, holding candles, singing Christmas carols. Oh, That's so cool. Boy. They fill the stage on top of the train station. There is a full orchestra sitting in front of them, all ready to go. And Sterling K. Brown was the narrator that night. Oh, my goodness. Fellow St. Louisan from uh, This Is Us, and he also voices a character in Frozen 2. Oh, awesome. And he gets up there, and they, they read the entire Birth of Jesus story. And like every 10 verses or whatever, however it's appropriate, they he stops reading, and they sing a Christmas carol. Or they, they perform so cool. a Christmas song. Did you film any of this? No, because I wanted to watch it. I mean, yeah, there's some. Uh, I, mean, I filmed a little bit. I'm not much of a concert filmer. I like to experience things. Yeah, I'm with you there. There I are plenty that. of people filming it. I got a couple of videos. One after another. These are like the most epic versions of these these songs you've ever heard with this huge choir. Oh and my this gosh! Live orchestra. That's incredible. You know, and then they end 
with everyone singing Silent Night together. Oh, that's so cool. And you know, no matter what, I mean, uh, who knows what percentage of people in the crowd are believers or are Christians. Everyone knows Silent Night. Yeah. yeah in right. that moment, no matter who you were, everyone was singing that together. And it was, it was. Oh, that's so cool. You know, and then of course it ends with the orchestra comes in and, you know, plays this incredible version of it. It was, <sighs> it was worth the price of admission. <laughs> I'm sure it was. And I didn't even know it was happening that night. So that's, that's so cool. That's what a my... happy accident that turned out to be. So Logan, you missed out. Ah, but uh, that oh, was yeah, the I was, yeah. I was sleeping off my day one set and getting ready for day two. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was fast asleep. I walked thirteen point two miles that day. Whoa. Slightly less. Ooh. Yeah. I sat down on a few longer rides. I rode the monorail. I rode the boat. You know, there's a few mm. things that took up some time that right. didn't involve walking. So. All right, real quick before we get to Raya, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you guys have been watching, Disney-wise or not. We we like to talk about movies on this show. Logan, you got a few you got a few things you've watched of late that you really enjoyed? I do. Um, I just got to the theater to watch Marcel the Shell with shoes on, okay. which was incredible. Okay. Uh, Mary may not have cried in that. Oh yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer, it's so it's a YouTube video that came yeah. out ten years ago oh yeah less than that, at least right? okay. I'd, I'd say like 10 years so it's essentially the i haven't seen the original youtube but it's now a24 picked it up and it's a feature-length mockumentary where you follow the filmmaker staying in marcel's airbnb <laughs> and he's just taking a documentary of this little living shell person and it's so awesome it's such a good personality. It's so well written and it's got some like really, really genuinely good themes. And so wow. it just all came together for just like my girlfriend and I saw it in a theater with only like uh, two other people in it. It was just such an awesome experience. Oh my gosh. That's fun. Yeah. I was, n- I'm not familiar with the YouTube series. I don't know how I missed that, but I saw the trailer for that movie and it was, it, it's an incredibly charming preview. Oh Yeah. And the movie keeps that perfectly. Who would have thunk it? it. <laughs> it's released by A24, which is kind of the the distribution company and production company. I guess they're not a production company, are they? They're at least a distribution company now that yeah. buy up. Yes. They buy up all the artsy fartsy movies yeah. in, a, in, a, in a good way. Yes. They're the ones who released uh, everything everywhere all at once as well. Yep. And The Green Knight, my, personal, the Green Knight. Yeah. my personal favorite. They have, they have quite a great array of movies they release. So the Marcel, oh, yeah. the Marcel one is definitely appealing to me. I just haven't gotten to it yet. All right, Christopher, anything good of late? Listen, my selection is not quite so sophisticated. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of Discovery Plus recently. So I've been going through systematically watching all of Mythbusters <laughs> and loving it. Uh, there's this other show on there, which I am a sucker for called The Unexplained, which is uh, hosted by William Shatner. And they go okay. through oh, like... Wow. Each episode tackles a certain topic that might be a little bit bizarre. So they'll talk about like aliens or haunted places or or whatever, or like strange weather phenomenon, which is funny because if you watch nothing else, there's an episode. My fellow St. Lu- St. Louisians, St. Louisianites, my fellow locals, <laughs> there's an episode of The Unexplained where they talk about weather phenomenon. And there's an entire segment on the arch effect, which is. Oh, wow. Yeah. And oh. the conclusions they came to, I was like, what the heck? I live here <laughs> and I've never heard this. <laughs> did, they actually, did they actually think it does anything? Oh my gosh, Mike, go watch this episode. It's just okay. so it's What Chris so is talking weird. about is, is people joke about the arch as a giant, the, the St. Louis arch, which is a 600 foot tall arch in our, on our riverfront uh-huh. is, a, is, is a giant weather deflector. It's kind of the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. But they give it a lot of credence. They're like, okay. oh, well, actually. So I'm watching shows like that. How about you, Mike? Um, I'm going to give a shout out to a show called The Rehearsal. Oh. It needs a little bit of context. On our last episode, Chris, you and David and I had a similar conversation about things we've been watching. And mm-hmm. David brought David brought up Nathan for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is, how do you even explain it? It's a show like Restaurant Impossible. You know, where like this guy goes in, he's a he's an expert on restaurants and he goes yeah. in to help them fix their restaurant because it's failing. Right. So this this show is like a parody of that where there's this guy named Nathan Fielder 
who for in real life goes into small businesses to help them improve their business. But the things he recommends to them are ridiculous. Yeah, but they terrible. go along with it because it's a TV show. <laughs> it's so funny. That's yeah. so cool. He has a new show with a much larger budget called The Rehearsal. And the it's a, it's a similar vibe. It's it's kind of him being almost the same character. But the idea is he's 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 getting people who have a problem they need to solve. And he just like a Nathan for you, he goes through incredible lengths to do these things, <laughs> like hiring scientists and hiring researchers to like help do these things, these ridiculous things. On this show, the rehearsal. The, so the first episode is this guy uh, is on a tr is on a, a trivia team. He goes to a bar every week and with some friends and plays trivia. And he years and years ago told these people that he has his masters in something and he doesn't actually have it. Huh. And he wants to come clean about it because he's like he feels really bad about it. And so. The show is called The Rehearsal because Nathan goes through great lengths to rehearse every possible situations that this conversation. That's so cool. To, pre to prepare him for this conversation to the Whoa. extent that he rebuilds in intricate detail the bar that they go to in a studio. What? They're like in a warehouse and hires actors to secretly go meet these people in real life so they can pretend to be this person to like learn oh their manner to learn so their fun. mannerisms so this guy can practice over and over and over and over again every scenario possible scenario that this conversation could go into with this with this friend of his who he lied to about having his about not having a master's degree wow it's just it's just over the top for like this pretty normal situation where um, are you watching it it's on hbo max it's called the rehearsal oh okay that's awesome definitely check that out uh, so Sweet. I'll stop there. I recommend that. I also rewatched the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Ooh. Heck yeah! Uh, which took which took which took my flight to Iceland and my flight back from Iceland to complete. <laughs> Dang! And those are great. Those movies are unbelievable, incredible. Um, and we all watched Obi Wan, but we've talked for too long. So uh, yay or nay? Yeah, that's fine. We can yay skip or nay. Obi Wan. Nay, nay, nay. Yeah, big pre fat nay. Pretty nay. Big nay. <laughs> pretty nay. Uh, we don't need to talk. You can you can read other people's <laughs> yeah. reviews on that. <laughs> yeah i think the fact that we don't say anything is it speaks more volumes yes i am in complete agreement <laughs> i did watch solo and rogue one to cleanse my palate good good they look like masterpieces compared to that all right and with that we did watch a new disney movie it is raya and the last dragon and now our feature presentation Life. I trained to become a guardian of the Dragon Gem. But this world has changed. And its people are divided. Now, to restore peace, I must find the last dragon. My name is Raya. Long ago in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons lived together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Droon threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Droon for good. August... 2019 the d23 expo raya and the last dragon was officially announced in front of a live audience back when they did conventions which i guess they're starting to come back <laughs> yeah i think they're back now uh and they announced the casting of cassie Steele as raya and aquafina as sisu a year later they officially announced the replacement of several cast and crew members including that don hall who was direct director of winnie the pooh 2011 and Big Hero 6 uh, would be taking over the movie as director alongside a guy named carlos lopez estrada whose most famous movie is called blind spotting which i've never seen before and of course that kelly marie tran of star wars uh, notoriety i will say not because of her but because of her character uh would be would be taking over the role of raya <gasps> apparently the character changed a bit during rewrites and they felt that tran was better suited and really she really does a great job oh she's her voice is incredible and apparently she had auditioned originally and was rejected but they brought Dang. her back so that's awkward <laughs> that Ooh. sounds like a nathan fielder situation <laughs> The movie, as I said, is set in the fantasy land of Kumandra, which is heavily inspired by Southeast Asia. The filmmakers traveled to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Indonesia, the Philippines, and Laos to do research, and they consulted wow. with many people from those countries for the movie. In fact, Raya means celebration in the Malay language, which is spoken in a number of countries that I just mentioned. So the cast of this movie, 
As I said, Kelly Marie Tran plays Raya. We know her as Rose from The Last Jedi and barely in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> which she's in that movie for like a minute and a half, which is, it's, I mean, I could, I could go on. Yeah. I could go on, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to. Aquafina, who is she like a rapper? Is she a YouTube star? Where does she come from? I don't know where she comes from. Okay. She's famous for some Somehow. reason. She's comedian? Comedian. She's comedian. <laughs> she plays Cece the Dragon. Isaac Wang is the boy Bowan Boone. How did it Boone? Boone? Boone. Is it Boone? Boone. Boone. There you go. Gemma 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 Chan plays Namari. Daniel Day Kim, who I know from Lost. He's in Lost. Yeah. Plays Chief mm. Benja. Benedict Wong, who's in. Uh, Wong. Uh, he's in uh, Doctor, uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. Plays Tong. The Wong Cinematic Universe. Yep. Sandra Oh is Verana, and of course you can't have a new Disney movie without mentioning <laughs> Alan Alan Tudyk, who plays Tuck Tuck. Uh, also, you know, his most famous role, of course, is Hey Hey in mm-hmm. Moana. <laughs> and uh, next week uh, he plays a character as well in in Encanto. Oh, I didn't know of that. Course. That's cool. We'll save that for That's, we'll save that for next week. Yeah, we'll leave you hanging. <laughs> Due to the pandemic, most of this movie was produced from people's houses on Zoom. That's which, crazy. Which is nuts. Uh, there are some my mind. Pre- there's some pretty good. If you go on YouTube and search for a minute, there's some great features of them showing talking about this and all the people, uh, you know, screenshots of Zoom calls and recordings of Zoom calls and them talking about how this worked. They were in one day. They were in, just like most of us. One day they were in the office and the next day they were not. You know, they got an email saying when you leave today, mm-hmm. you're not coming back. So grab whatever you can. One one girl goes. So I grabbed a couple snacks from the from the kitchen. I should have grabbed them all. <laughs> so, oh so so the majority of production was at was at in people's homes. I mean, there's videos of all the actors setting up recording booths in their homes. Like Disney sent them all this equipment, and they just Zoom called the heck out of it. Wow. Um, they had all sorts of. There were network issues, and, and and when you start, you know, you're tapping into Disney's servers from home. If you don't have a good connection, you can have problems with lip sync. Mm-hmm. You can have problems with color accuracy. There, you know, there's so many things that can be uh, avoided when you're in person at a giant studio, mm. harder to deal with at home. And they only had like six tech people working on this. And oh, they had wow. 800 or, nine, or 900 artists at home working on the movie. They had to create brand new workflows. They had Zoom meetings with like 100 people on at a time because usually they'd have big rooms full of people talking about things. The filmmakers would be on calls all day long because usually they'd be in a room together all day long. It's just crazy production Man. process. Wow. The score of this movie by James Newton Howard. My boy. Uh, previous Disney movies he has scored on our list were Dinosaur, Atlantis, and Treasure Planet. Um, this is not a musical. This is just a straight-up action movie. And But there is a song in the credits, per usual, called Lead the Way, performed by Janae Aiko. I think I'm saying that right. So how did they do the orchestra during the pandemic? I didn't oh, see individual, that. But, uh, I mean, maybe Earth. it was far enough in the future from when they got mm-hmm. sent home that they could start gathering with masks and that sort of thing. Sure, would be my yeah, guess. Maybe they did. Is that they got Some sent home of... in March of 2020, and that was the beginning of production? Hmm. They probably weren't doing the score till November. True, October. True. That's kind of like finish line kind of stuff. Yeah, and at that point, st- things were start- at least people were gathering in in some right. capacity, F- finding ways to do it. Yeah. So this movie was supposed to come out in November, uh, November 25th, 2020, which was the day after our We're Back episode. We recorded a special episode on the release day just for the heck of it because mm-hmm. the movie wasn't coming out, but it was delayed. Until March 5th, 2021, which is why we did that episode that day, because it was delayed. Now I'm remembering these things. Oh, it's coming back. It had a simultaneous release in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access, which means you had to pay $30 for this thing. Did any of you pay $30 for this in March? Nope. No, I didn't either. Of course not. Because only a couple months later, they released it for everyone. (laughs) It's part of the subscription. (laughs) So, uh, and they, they haven't done Premier Access so they've kind of abandoned that, but I guess theaters are open now and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It was also in theaters. It made 130 million uh, in in weird streaming terms. They don't really mean anything to me yet. <laughs> first time I've ever read data like this. In its first three weeks on Premiere Access, it was watched for 355 million minutes. I guess you got to do the math for what? Like how many times that was? You got to divide that by an hour and a half. Sheesh. When it was widely released, you know, to everyone without a paywall. Besides a mm. Disney Plus subscription, it streamed for 1.1 billion minutes from May 31st to June 6th. And it was the third most streamed title of 2021. Wow! So, what? And and the ninth and the ninth most pirated film of 2021. <laughs> I believe that it was nominated for best animated feature, which was a stacked year. Yes, it, it was. was nominated along. It was nominated along with Flea, Luca, which was Pixar, uh, Mitchells versus Machines, Love and it. it lost to lost to Encanto, which we'll talk about next week. 
Chris or Logan, any more fun facts that uh, you saw in your research that I did not just talk through there? I got a couple things here. So, Tuk-Tuk, which is the, the little animal buddy, I should say big animal buddy, he was apparently created out of necessity. The, the writers were trying to find a way to get Raya across the, uh, the world in a fast manner. And so they're like, okay, well, it's a fantasy world, so we need some way for her to get around. How about a hybrid animal? And apparently they, that kind of led to the whole curled up ball design and the cutesy kind of aesthetic. And they created a, what they called a pill bear. <laughs> Turned out to be a full-fledged character in Tuk Tuk. That's awesome. Also interesting here is that apparently most of Aquafina's lines are ad-libbed. So definitely taking a page out of Robin Williams. And also, I guess, David Spade, come to think of it, with uh, mm. Kuzco from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, There's a lot of genie influence in there. Even the, even oh, the, even sure. the color of the character. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the very air of the character is like, oh, you're, trying to, you're trying to do the genie thing. So, I just, I mean, that was definitely evident in Aquafina's performance that she was trying to emulate those two actors. Because, I mean, they're both comedians also, just sort of riffing. So, it would make sense for her to follow suit. That's all I got for like fun facts. Logan. Yes. Overall thoughts. And we can get into spoilers. We don't we don't really worry about those on the show. We assume okay. people have seen the movie. Uh, what are sort of your overall thoughts about Ryan the Last Dragon? Go. Overall thoughts, I do not like Ryan the Last Dragon. It is it is a bummer movie for me. <laughs> I uh, I grew up on Disney. I love Disney. Uh, stuff like Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet is my favorite mo- Disney movie ever. And um, it's because it's got a world where the characters feel like they're in their world. And yes, it's Treasure Island, but there's something so real about how the characters acknowledge and feel and make sense in their world. Whereas every character but Raya in Raya felt like they came out of 2019 2020 the u.s and were just put in a fantasy world that they had blindfolds on for yeah sure that's i i think it looks great but just i can't i can't ever get into it because it never feels like the characters themselves are in the movie all right chris overall thoughts Mm. oh i hated it (laughs) (laughs) i I really, I guess hate's a strong word. There were things I liked. I mean, I liked James Newton Howard's score. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did look amazing. The The animation is, is stellar as always, especially the water. It just looks mind-bogglingly oh, yeah. good. I thought some of the voice acting was pretty good. I thought Kelly Marie Tran did a good job with her, definitely, her definitely. performance. Otherwise, it's like you said, Logan, it just feels like I could see the script literally on the screen Uh and i hated it (laughs) and i just i did not like i did there's oh i I thought it was rushed badly paced poorly written a good concept but it really felt like it was aping aping the bits of greater works like it was dipping from from different like properties like avatar last airbender and stuff and i just yes i found it incredibly dissatisfying (laughs) i I was reading some internet comments and i noticed too exactly what logan you were talking about about how they just feel out of place in the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah there was one line where i think it was sisu makes some joke about doing a group project oh my gosh yes. and it's like yeah. a genuine yeah. analogy that's crucial to raya understanding the right. plot and so this person goes oh yes in this fantasy world where it seems that <laughs> that there isn't even a rudimentary school system in the present i'm sure that a dragon who hasn't been alive for 500 years would know about group projects Oh my yeah. gosh. I it's in my notes. I was going to yeah. bring that up. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Have you ever done like a group project but there's like that one kid who didn't pitch in as much but still ended up with the same grade? Yeah, I wasn't the one who actually made the gem. I just turned it in. As a film student and as a film nerd, I love it when a movie actually has something to say. And I think that Raya is a movie that has a lot to say, especially at like the current time of like, it is worth it to sacrifice a little bit of yourself to begin to trust somebody so that you can make the world a better place. I think on a basic level, 
generally, that's an awesome theme to put out into the world. And the idea of a globe-trotting movie to kind of showcase that and show a hero struggling with that is a really, really good way to back up the theme. But you don't build your world beyond art direction, which was cool, but not enough to carry a film. And then, like we've been talking about, your characters don't feel like they're there. And so they don't feel like they can carry any weight with anything when they can't exist in their own world. So I... um took me a number of attempts to watch this movie (laughs) (laughs) i think i watched like the first half hour of it half hour of it with with my four-year-old a while back but she was kind of scared so we stopped (laughs) and then i think mallory and i tried to watch it at one point three or four months ago and i fell asleep not a good sign and then i tried to watch it that's par for the course i flew Mm -hmm. to this is another side story i could tell at some point i flew to washington dc for like a day and a half and I attempted to watch it on the plane there and I was kind of tired and dozing off. So I stopped <laughs> and then I was able to watch it. We've, we we were just at my in-laws for three weeks in Michigan and I did watch it there. And I, f- I kind of watched the last hour, half hour of it again yesterday because I didn't really remember it. Anyway, it took me a long time to actually <laughs> to actually get through this movie. <laughs> it is beautiful. Absolutely. The The animation, I mean, it's amazing what they can create in yes. computers how Absolutely. realistic the water is how cool the lighting is and with these difficulties yeah like to make raya over zoom is absolutely a feat whereas making raya at all was a feat the water the cloth you know the hair mm-hmm. everything the is incredibly impressive mm-hmm. like just the, the 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 design of all the different worlds they go the world gets split into pieces basically and and uh, you see each each world kind of has its own feel and vibe. It's like you're going to different. It's like you're going to Rohan and, and Gondor. And right, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, there's a reason why I fell asleep watching this like three times. It's like two hours long. Like it has some cool action sequences. There's some fun stuff with the little baby and the little monkeys. And yeah, <laughs> you like them. Yeah, they were less annoying than I expected them to be. Yeah, I, I thought Captain Boone was more annoying than Con Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like Captain Boone. Captain um, Pop and Lock. But I think I think ultimately <laughs> oh, Yeah, right, right. Gosh. <laughs> ultimately, you know, I'll start a I'll start a new segment called Reddit Posts that Mike agrees with. <laughs> I was reading this last night. This is I mean, Logan, you mentioned the themes, and I guess that can certainly be interpreted in different ways. Yeah. And I think the way you interpret it is perfectly valid. But there were a lot of complaints that I was reading about about this, and I'll 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 try to skim through this and not read the entire thing. But this person goes just having watched *Ryan the Last Dragon*, the message here is one of absolute, one of the absolute dumbest I've ever seen in a movie, and undercut by literally everything the movie shows us. So yep. the message is basically, as this person is interpreting, and, and I, I can I can see this: trust people no matter what, no matter why, or who, or what they've done to you in the past. Oh, totally. And this person bad. says, this person said it is a moronic message, and one the film doesn't even really pull off right. Sisu telling Raya to trust the villain girl makes absolutely no sense. Raya does nope. not trust her because she's from a different tribe or because of some sort of miscommunication because she doesn't like her stupid haircut. She doesn't trust her because she stabbed her in the back and ended the effing world. That's such a good point. Yeah, totally. I guess yeah. I was coming at it from more of an optimistic read. Yeah, sure. No, which is great. I 100% agree with that as yeah. well. Because you know what? It's okay to not trust someone if they've shown you multiple times in the past that they shouldn't be trusted. And yes. bad girl, the bad girl, whatever her name was. Namari. <laughs> Namari. Yeah. Her finger was squeezing the trigger. Yeah, right. (laughs) So Raya's like, oh, well, that didn't work. So then she throws her sword thing and she's like, her death was your fault, too. I was like, it it just wasn't. (laughs) You were going to kill her anyway. (laughs) This continues. She infiltrates their compound to steal the dragon gem, ending the world. And then she kills Sisu, ending the world somehow even more. She ends the world <laughs> twice in one movie. And we're supposed to go, oh, yeah, let's hold hands. What a great message of, t- of, t- of togetherness. Teehee. Uh, Raya tries twice in the film to make some sort of connection with her and twice she betrays that trust almost immediately. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Plus the mom too. Oh, that's right. The one who like overtly refuses to try and fix the world because her people are the only people for her. She's like literally bringing about an apocalypse. Yeah. And this person goes, Quote, quote, why didn't this kid's movie have a Nuremberg-style war crimes trial at the end? <laughs> 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 Shut up. I'm not like a 
dive into movies for themes kind of person. Logan, you're probably more thoughtful than I am when it comes to that kind of thing. I'm more just like in movies for entertainment value a lot of the time, but I noticed a lot of that. It's like, why? Yes. Why are you still going back to this person multiple totally. times and trusting her when she's proven multiple times that she can't uh, be trusted? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, water watered down the theme of trusting people or at least giving people a second chance, not writing off all of humanity's you know ability to change is good but i definitely agree that raya takes it to the extreme where from a narrative perspective it does fall apart those are the, those are my overall thoughts <laughs> yeah uh, any, also any, yeah go ahead chris i was just gonna say this is kind of a um, more segue than additional to that point but <sighs> sisu <laughs> annoyed me so much yes. uh-huh I just, I hated that performance. I hated that character. Everything out of her mouth was so, it was so obnoxious. <laughs> and so I could feel Aquafina, who I, who might be a funny person. She might be uh, an effective comedian, but I don't really have much exposure to her at all, really. And this movie was a very bad introduction to Aquafina for me because I found mm. her to be off-putting annoying, overbearing, and just overall an unlikable person. I mean, and again, that's that's her character. It's not Aquafina, but it, it's just like I was not endeared to her at all where you would I think the filmmakers wanted me to be a little bit. Totally. Totally. I've seen uh at least 3 Aquafina movies including Raya that I can list off the top of my head. Shang-Chi and uh Crazy Rich Asians. Mm, and mm-hmm. her characters in all 3 are the exact same. And so... Oh, really? So she's typecast. Yes. uh, I don't know if it's her doing it or her agency doing it because there are definitely moments in Crazy Rich Asians where she becomes like an amazing actress, like in front of your eyes. And so I really want to watch The Farewell because I've heard that that movie's incredible and that she gives an incredible performance. But I'm kind of with you. So far, as much as Aquafina's characters have been an attempt at endearment i have not been endeared to a single one and in fact would much rather just skip through those scenes did you like the portrayal of sisu mike i don't know if i found her quite as annoying as you guys did but she Uh. does just kind of have an annoying voice just kind of it's kind of aquafina's shtick yeah I think maybe because I've sort of watched the movie four times, I've, I've become numb to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, bear in mind, too, I'm I am coming right off the heels of watching this thing. I was watching. It's funny because I was watching Encanto, which I've seen now. But this is like the fourth time I've seen Encanto. And I was watching it with my daughter, who's what? Almost nine months. So she's like a little baby. But she was so into Encanto, whether they were singing or just talking. And then I turn on Raya and she like started fussing and crying. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is clearly, this did not work. Yeah. But, but man, I, I, so I just had to like slog through it. Like, cause I was, I kept putting off Rye. I was like, oh man, I gotta watch this movie. And uh, so it, it, maybe it's just a little too fresh for me to make a, a real accurate opinion, but I just, man, I just, oh boy. She pushed my buttons. Whoa, uh, you were glowing oh thank you i use aloe and river slime to maintain my no look oh this this is my little sister amba's magic i got the glow your little sister's magic yeah every dragon has a unique magic Uh, okay what's yours i'm a really strong swimmer all right here we'll do this favorite moment or scene from the movie logan go anything with the sword because the sword is incredible yeah and it's the action design is amazing. And so whenever the sword is being used, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Good answer. Chris. Very, that's a very good answer. I would say uh, the, there's two, there are kind of two scenes. One is where Sisu is swimming. And I think I mostly like that because of the James Newton Howard score playing there. very magical and ethereal and it's got a lot of like female vocals and it's like wow this is this is magic i remembered for a minute it was a disney movie (laughs) and then later on she does that again in the rain after they i think they've got another one of those 
pieces of the stone and they're about to go to the last country or whatever. And so she's like kind of dancing around in the rain. And again, the music, it, it plays the same motif that it played at the swimming part. So I'd, I'd say those were standout moments. I was like, man, I could have just watched a movie that was that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sucker for prologues. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And Disney, I like it when Disney, they incorporate different animation styles into their computer animated movies. And so mm. I, I believe that prologue kind of had a mixture of animation styles, as did when they're sort of introducing the different realms, the different lands. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought those are pretty visually interesting, and they would they changed up the style and the uh, and the the look of the animation for for those for those things, which were kind of fun. Kumandra. This is what we used to be when our land was whole and we lived harmoniously alongside dragons. Yeah, Moana does that too with their prologue whenever yeah, sure, they're sure. setting it up because it's kind of like the uh, their their art style, like all the monsters and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. You know what? Point, I'll, I'll give points there. I'm a, I'm a sucker for prologues and like good exposition scenes. Yeah. That are done, like exposition scenes that are done well. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. The first hour of Jurassic, I mean, Jurassic Park's great, but like the first hour of it, when they go on the little theme park ride and they meet yes. Mr. DNA and like all those things, uh, like, it's so Donna good. DNA. It's so good. <laughs> and all it is is just explaining things, but it's so good. Agreed. Okay. I think we've, we've probably exhausted our riot talk because none of us really have a lot of things to say. <laughs> no. um, so Logan is the duty of our guest to come up with a with a rating system uh yes. at least at least arbitrarily related to the movie we're talking about so we can rate raya out of whatever you want uh what are we what are we doing today and how many uh i think we're gonna rate this out of con babies okay that's a good uh, one personally i'm gonna give this out of how many? F- oh, uh let's let's say 10 con babies okay. uh, a neutral a neutral 10 scale okay and i'm gonna give it i'm just gonna give it a five five out of ten because okay. it kind of landed right there in the middle. Sure. It just didn't have a lot going for it, but it's not mm. horrible. And and we mentioned the con baby briefly, but in one of one of the lands they go to, there's yes. like this this baby and her little like group of monkeys that are that can do parkour and stuff. It's actually kind of it's actually kind of funny. And they and they and yeah. they join they join the mission to go recover all the gems. Yeah, they do. All right, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> out of, they out, do of ten, join. out of 10 con babies, what do you got? I'm not so kind. I'm going to give it three out of ten con babies. Woo! It was almost four. The score almost got me there. Yeah. And the animation. Like, those aspects were so compelling in those, like, little brief moments, like the prologue and the, and, like, the little vignettes that were cool. Mm Mm-hmm. That was neat, but it just wasn't enough to redeem it for me. So, sorry, I'm going to be the cynic this time. I'm going to say three out of ten. Mike, how about you? Out of 10 con babies, what do you rate Raya? So, as I said, I think this movie is beautifully designed, animated. Mm-hmm. I give them props for exploring something new. Uh, I mean, this isn't even like a... Le- they like made this all up, didn't they? Is this even some like oh, ancient to- legend? I think they just made totally it up. Totally original. I don't um, think it's based on anything, no. Yeah. I- incorporating people from different cultures that aren't necessarily represented in Disney movies very much. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Having a pretty decent cast besides maybe Aquafina, which is a big character in the movie, but you know, whatever. Uh, Ooh, yikes. And I think there were some generally enjoyable, interesting action sequences, that sort of thing. So I'm probably a little bit above Logan. I'd probably say like six and a half out of ten. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Dang. The optimist. <laughs> I am generally. Yes. Okay. That's hey. true. We need optimism. It's a good spectrum. You know, despite d- despite the giant rant I had about the lessons in this movie being awful, that is not necessarily something I noticed on first view, but then reading more about it, it makes made more sense. So, and I think as you'll hear next week, I think my my opinion on on Encanto has changed dramatically the more times I've watched it. I'm not going to tell you in what direction. Ooh. But certainly things begin to sit with you differently the more you see them. Now, I've, I have watched Raya like three and a half times, <laughs> uh, but not completely ever, ever piecemealed together. So, all right. Well, if, unless you guys have any final words about this movie, we'll wrap it up. Anything? No, we've said it all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I didn't say it at the top. You can follow this show everywhere on the Internet at Disney 1x1. 
I believe I still own Disney1x1.com. You can type it in and see. <laughs> we got like, we still were getting downloads. I think we had 8,000 downloads since we posted our last random nonsense episode. So like people are still listening. Wow. Thank you for still downloading the show. Thank you for following along. And if you're just stumbling across this for some reason, somehow, I don't know how, you know, this is, this is movie 59. So there are 58 previous episodes plus the bonus episodes that you can go through. Uh, when we started this show, Disney plus was not a thing. I like went to the library and wow. got Netflix DVDs <laughs> <laughs> and went to Redbox to scrounge up all these movies. And now they're all at the click of a button if you subscribe to Disney Plus. So you have no excuse not to go back through our back catalog, watch these movies, follow along. And most of the episodes are pretty like they're not super dated. I think you could still enjoy them even if they were, you know, a couple years ago. So. Uh, next week, if all goes according to plan, you'll be hearing Encanto, and I will I will drop a little teaser here. When I saw this movie for the first time, it was the most unique movie-going experience I've ever had in my life. Oh, I've heard this story. What? Good. Uh, I will not go any further, but you'll have to listen to next week's episode to hear what that's all about. It's worth it. Trust me. Yes. Huh. So with that, uh, Logan, thank you so much for joining us today on Disney One by One. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. And Chris, my new co-host. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn to set me up. You got to learn to set I me do. up. I, I just keep waiting for David to say something like, is anyone going to ask me? <laughs> when you're done talking, you got to say, Mike? 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 That's, all, that's all you need. And we'll be good. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Bye. Oh, I, oh, I should have given a quote like David. Dang oh, it. That's okay. <laughs> All right, you guys can stop rolling your things.